Welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio, Business Building Warrior. I'm so glad you've chosen to spend a few moments with us today. We've got some pre-recorded content today since it's the weekend update, but it's probably content you haven't heard unless you join us on a regular basis for our live Monday night Q&A sessions with our entire community. Man, some good questions happen when we do that, and we'd love to share the questions and responses with you. That's what we do on our weekend updates. We'd love for you to join us some Monday. It's open to anyone in our community. The best way to hear about these and to get the links you need and participate is to be part of the free Facebook group. There's a link at silentgym.com to that free Facebook group. Jump in there. Most Mondays we go live quite often. It's me. Sometimes it's some other folks on our leadership team answering any e-commerce or Amazon questions. Then we compile the best questions and answers into a weekend update for those who couldn't make it to the live session. So that's what we've got for you today. Hopefully you're enjoying your weekend. Thanks for taking us along. I'll cut right to the chase. Let's jump right into the content. Let's see what the team compiled for us today. My name is Jim. I'm the guy that founded this Facebook group that you're a part of if you're listening to this live. If you're listening to the recording, there's a Facebook group associated with our podcast and you're probably maybe listening to that if you're hearing the recording, but there's a link to both those things at silentgym.com if you don't know what I'm talking about. Our Facebook group is about the past 74,000 members. The theme in our Facebook group, which is completely free, full of members from all over the world, is using the internet creatively to launch and grow multiple streams of income. And that enables you to live the life of your dreams to set the financial concerns aside through multiple streams of income and be able to do the things that you love doing with your family, serving God, going where you want to go, doing those things that matter the most to you. We love to use the internet as a tool to make those things possible. We start off with a focus on Amazon because half of all transactions online any given day in the United States are happening on amazon.com. All the other million websites you've heard of share the other half of the action. The next five closest competitors to Amazon all combined are smaller than Amazon. So we go where the eyeballs are. We go where the shoppers are. We take you to Amazon and there's dozens of ways you can monetize on Amazon, but we've identified one that is the lowest risk, lowest learning curve, highest odds of you putting some money in the bank as you learn the landscape. And that's what we teach to 99% of all our new students. We call it the replens model. We don't want you to stay there forever. Some people do. That's fine. They build seven-figure businesses with their spouse working hard out of their home. Beautiful businesses, just the replens model. That's great. That's the base model we teach in the Proven Amazon course. But we also love to see people grow well beyond that and venture into, again, multiple income streams using some other creative strategies on Amazon, off Amazon. There's many things that we talk about in the Proven Amazon course. Let's talk about that course for a moment. And again, if you've heard me say all this before, I apologize. But if you're new, this is very valuable information. The Proven Amazon course is a library of virtually every possible strategy you can imagine that involves earning a great living using Amazon as the platform. There's many ways to make money there, but we start everybody out in the same place. And then you kind of graduate up We have a bit of a pyramid shape, or you could think of it as a target, a bullseye, where we start you in the middle and you kind of earn your way out to the outer rings. And you can do them all, you can do some, but until you know the basics, it's pretty difficult. So we teach you the basics, help you put money in the bank while you learn. We call it earning while you're learning, just in time information. There's nobody who knows all there is to know because the game is changing every day. I've been doing this 20 years and I feel like I'm still getting used to the territory. I feel like a brand new baby in diapers and this whole thing. But that's the only income my family and I have had for over 20 years. We've homeschooled five kids, raised them in an environment where their mom was available and home. She doesn't earn an income. 100% of her income is internet-based income streams. That's what we do here. That's who we are. We love training other people how to do it. And let me just mention our podcast one last time, silentgym.com. You'll hear hundreds of our students interviewed, success stories. I did one today kid with a college degree, fresh out of college, doesn't have to put out resumes and go get a job. He's paying for his world travels with the business in his pocket, doing Amazon replens, 
starting to get a little bit into wholesale now that he knows the landscape, probably going to do some branded bundles as well, which you'll hear us talk about as one of these other strategies. He was a coaching student who loved the program, as you'll hear when the episode goes live. And he also recently became a coach on our team. We have about 60 coaches on our team. If you want to work with one of them or have a conversation and think about working with one of them, there's a link at silentgym.com. You can get on our calendar, have an extended conversation about your e-commerce business and see if it makes sense for you to work one-on-one with someone from our team. Maybe all you need is a course. Many, many, many of our success stories on our podcast are people who just used the proven Amazon course. That's all they needed. Some people only use the podcast. That's completely free. For many people, that's all they need. That's great. We don't want to give you more than what you need. If you're ready to go further faster, that's when a coach makes sense. If you're kind of taking your time, feeling it out, please take your time, feel it out, listen to some podcast episodes. That may be more than adequate for you to start to get your feet under you and start to see some success. That's maybe a decent story to start off with since you guys joined me tonight. I had an interview with, I alluded to just a couple minutes ago, the guy who's very much in the world spotlight right now because he's actually in Israel right now. And a lot of uh, he's often considered America's rabbi, right? His name is Rabbi Daniel Lappin. You've, if you've seen him on CNN, Fox News, he, this guy has, uh, he's been, a, what's the word I'm looking for? An advisor to multiple presidents and senators. And he's spoken before Congress before. He speaks at multiple major business events around the world. His calendar is pretty crazy. But I've had the opportunity, thanks to this community, to become good friends with Rabbi Daniel Lappin and Susan. They've got a new book out. I did an interview with them. Actually, the first place he went to do that interview when he launched his new book was to us. So I can say that the first interview with his new book was with me last week. And uh, we recorded it well before he left for Israel. The book is called The Holistic You, if you're listening to the audio later, The Holistic You by Rabbi Daniel Lappin and Susan Lappin. So we recorded the whole thing and they set off for Israel last week. And I was frantically texting him Sunday morning, making sure they were okay as the news events unfolded. Uh, So pretty crazy that they're right in the middle of it. But that's part of what I've been doing today was readjusting that uh, interview and getting it ready for you guys so you can hear it as soon as possible. Because it was recorded again before Israel was attacked by the, uh, the terrorists. So it doesn't really have that theme at all, but he's in the news now. And I hope his book does really, really well as a result of the exposure he's getting, because it's a phenomenal book. Happy to answer questions about it as well. But it basically talks about integrating the five Fs, he calls it, faith, family, fitness, finance, and friendships, how they all integrate together, how you can't abandon any of those five and expect to leave to live a great life. Um, if you sacrifice any of those areas, you're going to suffer in some other areas. That's the theme of the book. All right. So that's my introduction. So the Proven Conference, like I said, we've done this 12 years in a row. Last year, we had about 650 people there, which is phenomenal. We've already got sponsors clamoring to come to the event uh, because it's quickly becoming one of, if not the premier event for Amazon sellers. Nate Bailey and I attended just a few weeks ago, Amazon's own event. They've done it a couple of times now where they host sellers. They had about 2,500 sellers from around the world showed up in Seattle. And, you know, it was a, it was a great, a phenomenal event. I mean, Amazon spent millions of dollars. They did it right from a tech and marketing and just the quality of the, uh, the venue and all of that, right? Just incredible. But I say our event is better simply because here's one, here's one example of many. Here's why our event is better because they don't have Amazon sellers teaching. At their event, Amazon, it's Amazon corporate talking to you on slides, stuff you could probably go see on their help menu. <laughs> it's like any, anytime they were in the big room, you know, with the whole audience gathered, there was teleprompters on the back wall. You could just turn around and read what they were going to say before they said it. Like, come on, guys, let's have some real conversations here, right? That's what our event is. It's coaches from our team, it's successful students from our community sharing from their heart. In many cases, they've never been on stage before. They're just saying, hey, this is what I've learned. This is what works for me. This is what I'm doing. Open Q&A. We talk about the business. And it's an incredible event. So make plans to be there with us in May of 2024 in Orlando, Florida. The website is The Proven Conference. Theprovenconference.com is the website. Love to see you guys there. Tickets will go on sale soon. That's the best I can do for you. At the Last event, a few months ago, our 2023 event that happened a few months ago, 
at the end, we made an offer to everybody in the room. Like if a few of you want to buy tickets now, we don't know a lot. Here's the dates. Here's the city. We don't know a lot. Hundreds of people bought tickets then. It was insane. We'd never done that before. Huge reaction to the event. So I think it's going to, it's going to sell out. At least VIP will almost certainly sell out. So you do want to keep an eye on when tickets go on sale. If you hope to join us for that event, it's going to be bigger and better, just like we've done every year. It's got a great reputation in the industry. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm blessed, my friend. Good to see you. Thanks for joining me, man. I'm glad to hear that. I finally figured out how to get the camera on. So I guess I'm improving. Great job. <sighs> Looking good. Today, me and my son went out because we know uh, I'm watching the Q4 stuff, uh, talking about, you know, what Black Friday and Cyber Monday and Prime Days and all that are days when we should be shopping. So we went out today to get an idea and we were looking in Walmart and we also went to a store called BJ's, which is a like a Costco, a Sam's Club type thing. Okay. Okay. So we started looking, but then he was in there the other day and saw a bunch of uh, Lego stuff where they had it roll, roll back. So we said, well, if it's rolled back a few bucks, that's a few bucks dollars more that we could probably add to the profit level. So we went in there today and we looked and looked and looked and looked and everything was either the same on Amazon. I know that I don't have to worry about the buy box price. So, but I mean, it was ridiculous trying to come across anything. And that's my first part of today. And my other part that I need to get an answer on is I'm a little confused as to when you start out, you want to test product. So I want to test a couple of products. So I got to go buy those products at a regular price or whatever I can get them for. Go into Amazon, see how they sell. They sell really good. So now I decide, yeah, it looks like I'm going to sell 10 a month. So I purchase 10, which will also cover me on an invoice if I buy it from Amazon. And this is where I'm having a lot of confusion. I'm reading different things from people and and it's confusing the heck out of me. Okay. Well, I detected a few implied questions in there from, from what you just said, and I'm going to tackle them as best I can. And these are all things that uh, I've, I've said before on past Monday nights as well. If you've got, you want to check some of those recordings out on Saturdays, the podcast would really help reinforce this, but you're coming at it from a lens that I would say about 95% of our students come at the business. And one of the more difficult tasks we have initially when new students come into our community is adjusting the lens through which they're looking at the Amazon opportunity. Because the lens most people look at it through, especially if you've ever sold anything on eBay before, is I'm looking for profitable products. Where are the profitable products? I looked at a bunch of products and none of those products were profitable products. You need to remove the word product from your vocabulary because you're not going to find, I mean, you, you may find some profitable products in the clearance aisle. You may go to Walmart and see some stuff marked off 75%. You can flip it. Yeah, I can train you how to do that in about 10 minutes. That's that's not a skill that's going to help you build a sustainable long-term right. business, right? You're not looking for products. You're looking for test-worthy ASINs. So what's the difference? Those products that you and your son looked at, I would venture to guess, maybe you scanned a barcode, or you just checked Amazon real quick, if you moved on super fast as you're looking at those products, you're like, nope, 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 bad price, nope, price the same on Amazon. You've got to realize that that product, any of those that you looked at, could be listed against multiple ASINs. This is where I use my bag of marshmallow illustration. You ever heard me talk about marshmallows before, William? Yep. Yeah, hang with me. I know where you're going with this part of it, and I'm, I'm trying to get this across to my son because it's me and him that are kind of doing this business, and I'm helping him get it going. Gotcha. Okay. So the replens model is based on not finding good products. It's based on finding ASINs that are worth testing against. And my marshmallow example, you can share with your son later, this is being recorded, is this. You go to Walmart, you see a $2 bag of marshmallows, you scan the barcode, it says it's selling for $2 on Amazon, so you move on. Bad product, right? No. 
What you should do instead is you type in the brand name of those marshmallows, maybe not even the size of the bag you're looking at, just the brand name. And you see, I'm just going to say 80 listings. That's not unreasonable. 80 listings that pop up right away with different combinations, two-pack, three-pack, three-pack, and a a Hershey bar, you know, a s'mores kit. You see all different ASINs. And then you start researching those ASINs to see if any of those ASINs are worth you testing against. And that's where the skill comes in. And there's a whole bunch of lenses that you could run those ASINs through to determine if you're going to test them or not. But we do have some pretty basic three-step tests that the Olsons have come up with just to give you a general idea. Is it a perfect system? Is it an all-inclusive system? No, but it gives you a rough idea. Is this worth my time or not? Pretty fast. You can tell if it's worth your time or not to pick up, say, six bags of those marshmallows to sell against the ASIN that has them listed as two packs for $12. And you can buy them for two bucks each. So you've got $4 invested. It's selling for 12, at least occasionally. It's worth testing. It's dropping 30 or 40 times a month. There's 10 other sellers, but it seems to be moving fast enough. I'm probably going to make a sell or two. I won't know till we've been in it for at least a month, right? Now I just said a lot of words there, but basically I'm illustrating that you don't pick up a product and decide if that product is good or not as a replen seller. You let that product lead you to a list of ASINs that are worth investigating. And then some of those are going to be test-worthy ASINs. Now, you also mentioned having 10 units. If there was one molehill that I could remove off of your radar that feels like a mountain as a new seller, it would be the ungating. Simply stated, ungating is a matter of selling a few items and it vanishes as an issue almost completely off your radar. Right now, as a new seller, sometimes when you see brands, Amazon's going to say, whoa, hold on, William, you can't sell that. We need to see an invoice with 10 units before we'll let you sell that product. You get frustrated. Oh, I got to go buy 10 of this. No, what you need to do is sell the stuff you don't have to worry about sending in an invoice for, sell 30 or 40 of anything, and suddenly Amazon's not going to request those 10-unit invoices from you anymore, for the most part. That's why we talk about those common categories that we really want sellers to focus on where you're very unlikely to get invoice requests because after you've sold a few items, those invoice requests are going to magically, for 90% of the items you're going to encounter, they're not going to be required any longer. Amazon is just going to say, hey, you're not approved to sell this product. Would you like to approve to be eligible? And you click a button, yeah. And Amazon says, congratulations, based on your great sales history, you've just been approved. No invoice needed, no 10 units needed, but that's after you've sold a bunch of stuff. So what we see a lot of sellers do is they really get stuck in the mud, spinning their wheels saying, oh, I'm not approved to sell it. Oh, I can't, I'm not approved to sell it. It's easy to find stuff you're not approved to sell when you're new. It'll be hard to find stuff you're not approved to sell after you've been around a little while. So that's the two issues that you pointed out. Uh, there's a reason why it takes a few hours worth of training to get into these things and to, to do them. The best way to learn is just to do it. Buy something. Go lose. Here's your homework. Go lose $30 selling stuff on Amazon. Make it happen. You're going to learn so much that I could sit here and talk for five hours and you could pay me thousands of dollars and you won't learn as much as you learn going out and losing $30 selling against some halfway decent looking ASINs on Amazon. That's what needs to happen. And I, there's a little commercial for our Kickstart program. I see Robin Joy. She's actually blowing me on the screen here. Hey, Robin Joy, one of our great coaching team leaders. If you don't know who she is, we got 60 coaches on our team. They're divided up into a few different teams. And coaching leaders manage each of those teams. Robin Joy and her husband, Brian, are great coaching leaders. And she runs our Kickstart program, which is $40 or right about 41 time payment. And you get four sessions with a coach to help you get through some of these initial startup questions. So William, I'm going to come back to you and ask how I did in a minute, but let's get Robin Joy on here because I know she's usually got busy Mondays planned. I want to hear from you for just a minute. What's on your mind? How are you doing? Did I leave anything out, Robin Joy? Good to see you, my hey, friend. Jim. That was a great explanation. I appreciate that. Um, and William has been in one of my uh, boot, boot camps, haven't you, William? Yes. Yeah, there. Um, so that is absolutely right. We we have the Kickstart Bootcamp to help you get started and figure out how to sell those first couple of items. We actually only have goal of doing one because if you can get one done, 
you can get more done, but it sure takes away a lot of the unknowns when you get go through that whole cycle one time. I see actually a lot of people here that have been in boot camps with us before. Hopefully you get you got some good information from there and and got sent on your way to to more information and more more stuff. So I'm glad to see you here. Well, I'm going to hit a question that I see from uh, from John uh, talking about how long should we let our tests sit before we start to try to drop the price and get rid of them. Uh, for for me, I never play with my prices in the first month. From the time they become eligible for customers to buy the product, the clock starts ticking. It's not when I send it in. It's when it becomes eligible for customers to buy it. That's day one. And I wait a full month before I drop my price down. So if you're using, for example, the one of the dozens of great strategies for finding replants that I call ignore the buy box, that means podcast episode 554, by the way, if you haven't heard that. You send in products that are, you send in test units against ASINs that are test worthy and you've sent in two or three and you set your price significantly above buy box where it's profitable for you. And episode 554 explains why people are willing to pay more for your units than they are for the people who are priced lower. Happens all day, every day, millions of times a day on Amazon. I go into it in that episode. But if for some reason it sits for 30 to 45 days and no sales happen, that's when I lower the price down to the Worst case scenario, which is I get my money back and it, that it sells fairly quickly because, again, it's a fast-moving ASIN. So if I move down the buy box, it should fly out the door pretty fast. My worst case scenario is make a dollar or two, lose a dollar or two, break even. Right? So that's the ignore the buy box strategy that John's alluding to. Yep. So you wait 30 to 45 days before you touch that price because you've got, if I remember correctly, it's, I think it's two months in some cases, maybe more before Amazon starts charging me any kind of storage fee. So I'm just trying to avoid that unnecessary storage fee by getting rid of the inventory before that date window hits. Otherwise, I'd leave it at a high price indefinitely, unless it's going to expire or something. Right. So that's my answer to that one. That's for merchant fulfill when you send stuff in. Now, if you've got it FBM, you got it sitting in your own garage. There's no reason to lower the price. You can just kind of wait it out, see what happens until you want to get your money back. I like selling it on eBay. Just let it sit there for a while. If you're merchant fulfilling it yourself and you're sending it out to the customer yourself, you can let it sit longer. But if you're using FBA, you'll want to get it off of their shelf within a couple months, ideally, so you don't have to start worrying about storage fees. All right, buddy, how'd I do? Uh, pretty good. I, I understood a lot of what you were saying. My, my problem is I hear it from you and then it goes into my 70-year-old brain. And I try and put it out to my son two days later, and it's I'm coming from Cleveland all of a sudden. You know what I mean? Sure. So Has he sold on eBay before? He's selling on eBay. He's See, that's, doing eBay that's now a very, a very bit. difficult transition mentally to make from being an eBay seller to understanding replens. It's almost a well, disadvantage. I- I requested if I could record the session and you, I guess you gave me permission. So I, I don't have to worry about repeating it wrong to them now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You're looking, so, you're looking for ASINs, not products. I, I explained to him about the, uh, you don't want to just do the UPC thing. You want to look at other, but you not, I said bundles, but I said, you want to look at other opportunities where it may be a bundle. And stop. And he wasn't getting that concept. And it was probably the way I was explaining it to him. So well, I'm, I'm, I'm determined bag, we're going to do this. That I'm bag of marshmallows sure. is going to appear on dozens of ASINs. In some cases, they're duplicate ASINs. I, I watched you explain it all, and it made so much sense to me. Yeah. And I'm had, just I'll give you an example. I had a bag of, I had a box of tea. That we sold. I didn't. Even, I, it was none of it was in English. Um, it, I can't remember what country it was from. I bought it from one of the small ethnic grocery stores near us. It appeared on Amazon in six or seven places. Four of the places it appeared were a single box of that tea for very different prices, but none of them were very profitable. Then one of them was a two pack of that tea, and it was a ridiculously profitable price. On that ASIN, but it only sold maybe 10, 15 times a month. But there was only one other seller. So that seller and I made money on that tea selling two packs. 
Had we scanned the barcode, we wouldn't have ever seen that two-pack. It was a very buried listing. It only sold, like I said, 10 or 15 times a month. But every time it sold for either that other seller or me, I made seven or eight bucks. So five to seven times a month, I made seven or eight dollars on that particular ace. And I haven't looked at it in a long time. Maybe we still do sell it. I don't know if my team's still on that one or not, if it's still a good ASIN or not. But that's an example where if you just said, hey, Jim, is this box of tea a good product? I would say, I don't know. Let's look at all the ASINs where that product appears, see if any of them are worth testing against, and then find out if any of those tests succeed. And then we'll know if for that sale in specific, it was a profitable sale or not. Our worst case scenario is break even if we do our research the right way. Right. So that's a much longer answer than, is this a good product? You follow? Excellent. Yep. Excellent. And that's hard for an eBay brain. It really is. It took it a while to sink into my brain because I had an eBay brain looking for good products, looking for good products. No, you're not looking for good products, man. That's hopefully not how that, the game is played. Hopefully that what you just said, he'll listen to and he'll make sense of it and it'll make sense to him. I hope it helps. Yeah, he, He's right on board with wanting to do this and he's pretty shocked about it and with the uh, doing the uh, keeper end of things too. Beautiful. Yeah. But the more you learn about Keepa, the better you'll be at this as well. Podcast episode 369 explains why that's true. There was a question about categories for new sellers. And I posted the the categories that most people are approved to sell in when they first open their categories. I mean, sorry. Let's read through that again, just in case there's an audio only version of this later. Sure. Um, Usually people who first open their accounts will be approved in home and kitchen arts and crafts, office products, and pet supplies, although not the pet food part of that. The other categories that you might check in are patio, lawn, and garden, sports and outdoors, and industrial and scientific. Those are categories that we see more stuff and things change all the time, but recently those are the categories that we've been seeing, and there may be some others as well. Go ahead and, and check them out and see if you're approved to sell in those. Yeah, it doesn't mean you're going to be approved to sell all brands in those categories, but a lot more brands than, say, grocery as a new seller. Until Amazon knows, likes, and trusts you, they're going to shoot you down for just about all grocery items, for example, and all toys. But they can get to know, like, and trust you in those other categories. You're not going to run into the requests for invoices and for ungating and all of that. You're going to see some ASINs here. And and you got to go sell some stuff at a break-even or loss, man. Get those wheels turning. Amazon doesn't know if you're making money or not. All they know is you're you're making customers happy. You make 30 or 40 customers happy, they start trusting you. There you go. Hello, Jim. Nice to meet you once more. It was uh, last May, I think we spoke after the boot camp session, right? At that time, I was struggling trying to get off the ground because being outside the country and everything else, I had to get up and running with it. LLC and so on. Still getting challenges every day, but we're getting knocking each one of them down as we come to them. So I have a new one. Well done. Uh, I was ungated on Disney and I thought, yeah, great. I bought one ace and three items of its test. Looked like good profit. Left it sit in my prep center for a week or two and then went to send it in this week. And I was gated again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So the challenges I have, uh, I mean, first of all, trying to get an invoice is my shipping address and billing address are in two different states. That's number one. So I'm trying to work out. I've, I've lost money on this sort of stuff before. I've just given away products. I'm trying to work out what's the best way to handle this. I can't keep doing this, right? Giving away products or trying to sell them to another member. Yeah, I tried today. I tried buying 10 of a, uh, of a product again off of uh, Lego. And I just cannot get the, they will not send it out a lot of the time if the addresses don't match. And if I manage to get them to match, they're not matching what uh, what Amazon have as my registered address. So any advice, welcomed. Okay, I'm not sure I'm following your scenario exactly. Are you having problems from the place where you're ordering product or from Amazon? Both. Both, okay. Because my registered address is in Wyoming where the business is registered. Right. And the prep center is in Portland. Okay, so they're different addresses. So when I go to order some pl- of somebody, 
they refuse to send it out because the shipping and billing address are different. And then if I go change my billing address to match the shipping address, which I've done, Amazon won't uh, take it because it doesn't match the registered address that they have on file. Okay. Well, unfortunately, I'm not the international seller expert on our team. Have you been through the international AZ course? I have. Inside I got a lot of information. Does it address this at all? No, it doesn't. No. Because I know other international sellers are managing it all day, every day, somehow. Yeah. I do know that for a fact, 100% certain. Yeah. But I'm not sure what strategies well, they're using to make I, ha- I, I have reached out to my prep center today and asked them, would they allow me to change my registered Amazon address to their address? And I'm waiting on a response, but... That might be it. I'm not that sure. That might be it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I, just, I just don't know. I mean, I, I haven't coached an international student. We have international coaches. We have people all over the country selling, buying and selling in the U.S. all day, every day. But on that particular issue, I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, it, yeah, I wish I had good information for you. I can't address oh. the other one, though, on Amazon turning seemingly turning on and off your approval for certain yes. categories during Q4 specifically is like that's when they seem to roll the roulette wheel and just randomly turn on and off approvals on people it especially more off than on just out of an abundance of caution especially in the hottest categories it's like i've almost got a bot or something that says well let's Unless you've been selling for a year, you're not allowed to sell Disney. Let's just flip that switch. So everybody who's been on the platform for less than a year, no longer allowed to sell. Even though you were approved last week, now you're not. Toys especially. Disney, Nike, all the popular brands, anything that you might see on a TV commercial in the United States. The brands just kind of randomly get turned off for whatever reason, especially during Q4, for especially newer sellers. Those of us have been around a while. It doesn't affect us quite as much, but they hit us pretty hard on a few pretty big brands last year. I've been around for 12 years. Okay. So, and unfortunately, there's you know this is one of those great examples where me and I'd sure like to have a representative from Amazon here to explain the rationale of why they do that because my vantage point, like you're going to sell less, <laughs> fewer sellers selling during your busiest time of the year. These are people you trusted last week. Why don't you trust them this week? What's going on? Amazon, explain the rationale. I've never had it explained to me, but the solution to all of these is always going to be what Brian and Robin Joyce say all the time when they do podcast episodes and have conversations and do trainings. The solution to every challenge you're going to run into, especially as a new seller, is always go find more ASINs. That's it. Don't go super deep into any of them. You said 10, you bought 10 units of something like, oh, man. No, it, it, it was three, it was three units it cost them $99, but still it's $99. I could do it without losing at this stage. Well, of course. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So don't, it, well, don't buy 10 of anything was what I was about to say. I thought you said you bought 10 yeah. of something. So you know, no, you're, you're just buying a few units to test. And if it doesn't go well for you, that's when you got to get creative. There's prep centers like Axiom. Prep, they'll sell your stuff on eBay for you if it doesn't go well for you on Amazon and they'll you know, give you the, the lion's share of the revenue. So there's some creative things that can be done there. I'm not here to say it's easy to get this business rolling, especially when you're international and dealing with some of those challenges. It's, it's not easy, but wow. it is by far the lowest hanging fruit business model that I've seen in my 20 years, which is why we focus on it. But we do have yeah. plenty of people that say, you know what? I think I just want to write that book. I think I just want to do this other thing. I'm not here to talk people into this. I'm just saying, if you're not sure what other business model you want to look at, man, I love this one. We've got hundreds of success stories on our podcast. Many of them are international. But if these challenges become more than the risk you're wanting to take, uh, you know that I can't do much. But I can say it sure beats having spent thousands or tens of thousands on something that falls flat. I mean, you spend. I will be here in there, right? You're, you're dipping your toe into the water nice and slow. It hurts to lose those funds, but at no point have we lost even you know hundreds, yeah. let alone thousands. We're talking a few dollars here and there as you're learning the ropes. Uh, so I guess that's my defense of the system for someone who's trying to figure these things out. But I would say that would be a great post to make in the Facebook group, what you said, Thomas. Yes. This is a challenge I'm running into. Has anyone else run into it? I guarantee you that there's 500 people that have. 
and they're going to have some creative solutions that are outside of my scope of understanding. Okay, great. Right, yeah. Like I said, I will be here in a year or two years' time. I've learned so much since I last spoke to you. I've learned VPN, virtual computers, found loads of ways from listening to podcasts. There's ways to work around everything. This is just my latest roadblock. Well, and you have, let me just encourage you for a moment, Thomas. And I love the way you phrase that, just the latest roadblock. There'll always be new roadblocks. As soon as the smoke clears on this one, there's going to be a new mountain coming into view. And you're like, whoa, how am I ever going to climb that? And that'll be a molehill in your rear view mirror soon enough. That's that's the journey. But let me just encourage you. I hadn't told you this before. Living outside of the US, you have a load of advantages that the rest of us don't have. There are brands, there are connections, people within walking distance of where you're sitting right now that could completely change your life and you could change their life with the skill set that you have right now. Help them get their brand introduced into the U.S. market. You've got the connections. Help them start selling online. Help them get rocking. The people you know in this community, the connections you've made, the skills, you're an invaluable resource to people you haven't met yet. Meet them. Form those relationships. You've got a lot of advantages being right where you are in the world. And I say that to anybody who lives anywhere. You're uniquely positioned. Great. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Thanks, Thomas. Appreciate you, man. I just have one really random question. Where are we? October. So I don't know. I think I've been in this now seven, eight months, and I am pretty much not stuck because I can make myself unstuck if I need to, but in the three, four thousand bucks a month kind of thing, which is fine. But it's really from a like a just a tunnel vision kind of store where I got a, not, a lot of good ASINs. But I guess on that point, my question is: is most of the ASINs are are, are non perishable foods? Um, but then they have some things that are kind of like uh, not clothing, but like bags or things, right? So I notice that the bags want to go somewhere. And the food wants to go somewhere else. Is that pretty typical? It's kind of a, not a lame question, but like, can you put stuff with the food that's not food and expect it to go all into one box? Or do you just expect that you have to separate that stuff because you know it's going to go to a different destination? You're talking about preparing your shipments and if Amazon will allow you to combine food products with non-food products, correct? Yes. Gotcha. It's been a couple of years since I did prep at the Art Prep Center, but I don't recall ever mixing food with non-food for any shipments that we did. That doesn't mean you can't or that Amazon doesn't allow it, that I recall. Robin Joy, do you happen to know? Does anyone else know? Has anyone, has anyone else had Amazon allow them to send food and non-food together in the same shipment? It, it seems like that would be allowed. I've never heard that it's not. Yeah. Because you've got to secure I it. I haven't seen that it's not allowed. We've done it before. Um, so Amazon will send you, have you send boxes to different places for where they need that items to be. And sure. sometimes that's what will split up your shipment, but I haven't seen it specifically because it's food or non-food. I mean, if you've got those things sealed in poly bags, I mean, they're shelf stable foods. It's, right. it's not something that, you know, like meat or something that you'd have to worry about. So right. I have never seen a problem with it. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, it just happened once actually <laughs> and when it happened the first time i'm like well i'm just gonna send all these bags or whatever they are to in a different box and just get a ton of them uh and then just do all the food uh just because i didn't want to go through the whole like well what i did learn is you don't seal up that box until you know that amazon will allow it to be in one box or not so never seal up the box until you know that, right? I don't know. So silly. Yeah. Um, wait till Amazon's good to go to seal it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm not the prep expert. You know, actually our son, Ty, who's recovering from a surgery here a few days ago. He is. Yeah, I saw uh, that. He's one of the leading prep experts, probably in the community. That boy is a machine. <laughs> I need him. <laughs> if I could get him in here, he'd be like, if he could talk. <laughs> he'd tear that one up, man. That's his world. Yeah, I was so proud of him. He had a we had a breakout session where he was actually up at the front uh, last year. It was our special new kiddo. If you haven't met him, everyone loves him when you meet him. You know which one he is when you see our family. And and uh, yeah, he's he is our prep master. I he checks expiration dates and weights and just just so 
precise with everything. Um, he's invaluable. So he would know absolutely, but best policies and procedures on all this. Hey, one last quick question. When there is something that doesn't have an expiration date on it and it is like a perishable, non-perishable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know what, but it doesn't have one. Is it okay to just go a year from the date? Some people do. I can't give you a blanket statement. The letter of the law would be you contact the manufacturer and ask them what the shelf life of the product is and you use that. Okay. Yeah. But I know plenty of people that say, it's shampoo. I don't see a date. They're asking me for a date, a year, whatever. Right. I know plenty of people that do that. I'm not saying they should. I'm not saying I do. Amazon, I love you. I love your rules. Your lawyers are awesome. But that's what a lot of people do. Right. Okay. Awesome. Happy Monday, everybody. Thanks. Thank you, sir. Good stuff. Appreciate it. Sorry, I was late this evening. I, uh, hey, we'll let it pass this once. I was <laughs> I was busy sourcing, actually, sort of, and, and good for working. you, man. Q four, and then I looked at the it. clock and I said, "Wait a minute, I had a question tonight." <laughs> awesome. Well, let's hit it. I man. try to I try to be here anyway. I I, I feel that it helps me stay connected. Um, yeah, it can be a lonely I'm, business. We're glad you're here. And hey, Amelia kicked on her camera. I see you. Good to see you. My What's question is. Uh, well, first of all, I wanted to report that I broke my 500 unit sale today. From nice, from good for you, man. That's a big deal. Yeah. Congrats! I found that out by trying to log in the Replen dashboard, and I couldn't. Oh yeah, 500 free. <laughs> they right? have the free 500. Yeah. So, it's, <laughs> uh, so he's got me on the hook now, Jimmy Smith. Nice. I was looking at your. I, I saw the the proven bot sourcing that you had put out there, yeah. and my question specifically was. And I'm not, and I'm not sure that I'm ready to jump into that or not. I mean, I've I've got a couple of you know monthly expenses already, you know, the repricer. But I, uh, but what caught my attention on this was to, uh, the bullet points uh, on the process: generate a product list and then run the list through any number of matching software tools to find the winning ASINs. Will that work with the uh, Selleramp? Is that is that a software tool that would work with that product list? Yes, you can use okay. Selleramp and conjunct. I mean, you're generating basically with the, with the bot teaches you to do for those who don't know provenbotsourcing.com is a class nerds pick it up right away non-nerds takes a little more work mm-hmm. but you'll get there and basically you can go to any retail website and scrape the entire thing even if it's spread out over multiple pages and multiple categories and you just turn it all into a, a spreadsheet that's mm-hmm. got product product name product description price you know do you know that and then you can just pop through and that's one of the new tools that that just came out. Profit Seeker Pro is the name of the tool. It's just like nine bucks a month, but it lets you pop through either that list or any other list you've got. Maybe you've got a VA that's given you, you know, you, you know, you've been buying leads lists for months or whatever, and you've got them all compiled, which we don't suggest for new sellers, by the way. But see, so you've got them all compiled in spreadsheets. You can just pop through super quick, and it will help you. It, it sits on Amazon.com and helps you pop through a leads list really fast, no matter how you generated that list. It could be a wholesale list from a wholesaler you got a hold of, or it could be, you know, any list mm-hmm. of, of ASINs, potential ASINs of products basically. Mm-hmm. And it's going to find the, the tool that Joseph set up for us at profitseekerpro.com. It's going to help you pop through and do a keyword and UPC uh, search and find, you know, so you can look at the page, like it was those marshmallows. We'd find all 12 or 15 bags of marshmallows sitting on your screen. You look through very quickly or any of these test worthy, mm-hmm. which requires visual inspection to know. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, yeah, the, the tools that we have, I always have to keep separate in my head, the tools that we have coming and the things we have coming versus the stuff that's already out there. Uh, but mm-hmm. those are very valuable skills based on where things are going and the kind of stuff that's coming in the future. Uh, it, it just keeps you one step ahead. You know, it's kind of yeah. like for me, I've got my hazmat approval on Amazon. It's just a little thing that I don't know what percentage of Amazon sellers have hazmat approval by, let's say, 20%. Yeah. So there's 80% of the sellers out there that I don't have to ever compete with. Right. I've got the bot selling strategy, and I can scrape through a website faster than anyone else can. Well, now I'm right. faster than 90% of the Amazon sellers out there that might be trying to do the mm-hmm. same thing I am, right? Just all these little advantages yeah. stack and compound. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I can't sure. say, yeah, go do it now, but yeah, it makes sense to do it. Sometime. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll do it at some point as a pack member, but I was looking at, right. I'll jump into it now, but, but anyway, I mean, I have like kind of a, I've created sort of a little routine now where I'm, I am able to find a test where the ASIN in about an hour. And then I just jump on replen dashboard and I buy all the replens that I need 
and I just do like two hours a day now. And it's kind of just uh, gotten into a pattern. And then nice. Sunday we get our shipments and Monday morning they go off. And it's, that's how it's going every week. So, And I love it. And just the yeah. fact that you've mm-hmm. built that system, you know, it's kind of like the day as a parent, I saw my son ride his bike with by himself. Mm-hmm. I knew right. he had the skills and the balance if he wanted to it someday. Ideally, mm-hmm. he wouldn't before he's 30, but buy a motorcycle and he'd the same balancing skills apply. A lot more yeah. power, a lot faster. Same balancing skills apply. You've got the basic system skills now. And that's a Brian and Robin Joy analogy, by the way. I love it. I've yeah. it so much. I've heard, I've heard it. <laughs> right? But it's the, yeah. you know, it's that same basic set of but until you have that basic set of skills, it just feels impossible. You set a kid on a mm-hmm. bike with two wheels and they fall and hurt themselves over and over. Yeah. And over, right. It's like it's this doesn't make any sense. There's no profitable products. Mm-hmm. Amazon's not approving me for anything. Like this right. thing in my head against the wall. And a then funny just, story is that I got I got a uh, you know I ungated in grocery. I did like a ten a, a cheap ten in you know product invoice. Yeah, and right. sent it in and got un, got ungated it's and true. haven't really used grocery since. Really, yeah, I, happens I, I, all I still the time. I still don't source. I yeah. also I still I just don't. I, that's not where I, the niche is that I've been finding. We had you know, a podcast so guest that they spent twenty five hundred dollars to have someone help them get ungated in topicals, and they've never sold topical. Very right. successful. Too. They've <laughs> right. never even been in that like, like don't spend right. money, time, or energy on trying to get ungated in categories. Guys. Yeah, just yeah, it's sell. What it you it can wasn't sell. worth it. Yeah. Right. So when you see exactly, yeah. Well, anyway, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. You guys yeah. are helping me out. I'm having a great time. I love it. Awesome. Good to see you, Renee, man. Thanks for Thank popping you. in with us tonight. Vin has a question. It says, when you're outsourcing, making sure on keeping that the price must be at least break even at its low on the graph, how far are you going back on the keeper chart to see the low? That's a well-stated question. And then in case someone didn't understand what you're asking there, I'm going to fill in a little bit and then answer the question. So. One of the strategies that we teach for finding test-worthy ASINs is what we call the ignore the buy box strategy. Podcast episode 554 at silentgym.com explains that strategy. It's just one of dozens, but it's a very popular one because it tends to resonate with people because you can go out and buy stuff and sell it for more than what you found it, even if it seems to be priced pretty aggressively on Amazon. But the fact that it's selling so fast means you can sell it for a higher price. But you want to be careful that you're mindful of your worst case scenario if it doesn't sell at a higher price. You don't want to lose $20. You want to ideally break even. So Vin's question is, how far back on the graph am I going to look on the Keepa chart to see the price history in determining what my worst case break even typical buy box price is? For me, I'd like to see at least two to three months of fairly stable pricing. If the price is kind of dropping and the number of sellers is crawling up, well, that's a bad time to test on that ASIN in general. Just a bad time. Someone's added it to a buy list somewhere, a leads list somewhere. You know, people who don't know what they're doing are hopping all over and buying everything on some leads list they signed up for. So it had 10 sellers a month ago and then it has 14 a couple of weeks ago. And now it has 18 sellers yesterday. There's more sellers, more sellers. The price is kind of starting to trail a little bit down to the right. I'm not going to test on that ASIN. I'd like to see two or three months of fairly stable pricing at the buy box level. And then I'm going to come in above buy box on that fast moving ASIN and then wait 30 to 45 days. Knowing my worst case, most likely worst case scenario is I'm going to get my money back. So that answers Vin's question. How far back? That's how far back I look. You're going to be super conservative. Look back further than that. On Keepa, you can open the graph up all the way to a year, or you can grab the full history if you want. But that, you know, going back past six to nine months is kind of irrelevant data at that point, unless it's a seasonal item and you can see the yearly spike. Like you'll see some inflatables, for example, you know, the this the Snoopy Christmas inflatable every year, November, December, spike, January, back down, nothing, right? So you'd have to look back a year to see some of that activity. And the number of sellers and the price just shoots up simultaneously. The number of sellers and the price just kind of drops back down simultaneously after. Um, those aren't necessarily replens, but you can make some good money going after some of those Christmas finds. If it's moving fast, if it's moving 40, 50 times a month, it drops. And when I say moving, that means 40 or 50 drops means it's selling two, three, five, 700 times a month, probably. And there's a handful of other sellers. That's fine. I jumped in, in alongside 40 other sellers on a two-pack of suckers, Halloween candy suckers, 
like caramel apple something two or three pack i can't remember what it is and we we snagged up a few test units as soon as they hit the warehouse they were sold at a nice profit right alongside 40 other sellers we weren't the lowest price we weren't the buy box price they just snapped up because they hit a warehouse near us and somebody who wanted them bad enough saw that we were the only thing near enough to get it within a day or two they grabbed it right so lots of opportunities like that but the only way you find these things is by testing you just got to get out there and you got to get out there and test be willing to possibly break even possibly lose a little bit but in a lot of cases especially as you get your wheels under you man you're going to be able to do really really well with this model William says, what highlights do you have from my meeting with Amazon that would be beneficial to uh, you guys? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, happy to cover this. We talked about it a little bit at our uh, conference, our virtual conference as well, if any of you were there with us for that. But if you weren't, you haven't heard us talk about it yet, I'll start at the beginning of the story. A few months ago, Amazon contacted, reached out to us and said, hey, as one of the premier podcasts in the Amazon seller space, we'd love to have you at the Amazon Accelerate event no charge. Like, wow, that's that's quite an honor. When we got there, uh, Nate and I went out together. They they paid our way. And uh, I was curious to see how many other people they had invited along the same lines as us. I was expecting a lot of other Amazon seller podcasts. Well, we were, to my knowledge, the, well, there was one other, I don't know if they were, in, if they were considered media or not. We did run into a couple other of them, but they paid for us to be there, which is really cool. Anyway, there's about 10 or 15 at this meetup beforehand, but it included magazines like Bloomberg, the business magazine, and some other you know, highly recognized business news sources. And they wanted us there with them, which is cool. But the thing that really stood out to me, uh, and I'll get to the stuff that's beneficial to us as a community in a moment, but one of the other things is that I love when this community gets the recognition that I think that it's earned in the space. We were the only ones that got an interview with anybody at the director level or higher at Amazon, the entire event. They sat down with us and that interview is two or three episodes ago. You can listen to my interview with Claire O'Donnell is her name. She's the she's at the director level. Like I said, anyone who has a job at Amazon that faces customers, sellers specifically, I'm sorry, you, me, anyone who sells on Amazon, she's in charge of the team that manages the people who serve Amazon sellers. So I got to sit down with her and have a good interview. And I'm trying to build relationships while I'm there and get more connections and you know, call in a favor here and there kind of thing. When we have customers and students that hit a snag, we like to be able to take care of you guys. And while they can't show us any favoritism, it does help to know people who know people when things that just don't make any sense kind of happen sometimes. And you can have another set of eyeballs maybe at Amazon go, well, yeah, how'd that happen? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, we can fix that. Uh, rather than waiting in line for who knows how long to try to fix some of these challenges. So that's what we're always trying to do, especially to serve our coaching students and our serious students. Um, So we made a lot of great connections while we were there. Amazon was very open to hearing our concerns, our worries, the things the coaching uh, team is running into with our students. And as well as we showed a lot of gratitude, they have fixed a lot of challenges for Amazon sellers. It's a way smoother path in so many ways than it used to be, but there's still some bumps in the road as well. It's always easy to find people who are complaining about just about anything and people are having a bad day. And some people seem to only share the bad news and never any good, but we've got a lot of people building beautiful businesses. Amazon recognized that. It validated a lot of the things that we're doing around here. One of the premier success stories that Amazon shared on stage, there was three stories that they highlighted. One of them was a lady who's now going to be part of our community. Her name's Kim Shanahan. She was on a podcast episode not too long ago. She runs a million-dollar business selling on Amazon, selling branded bundles, which is one of the strategies we talk about a lot. Amazon highlighted her branded bundle business as one of the premier success stories. They actually gave her a $50,000 grant for her business because her entire team is special needs adults. Really cool story. And Amazon was inspired by it. The crowd was inspired, about 2,500 of us in attendance there. And uh, it was it was a solid experience. We plan to go back next year. I'd like to take a big contingency of sellers from our community to kind of represent who we are as resellers. Because remember, from Amazon's vantage point, there's the reseller community, there's the wholesalers, there's the brand builders. So they really kind of divide us into two categories, people who are selling their own brand and people who are selling other people's stuff, Right. So it's kind of two, there's two different kinds of sellers on Amazon. And Amazon pours most of its resources into serving the brand owners while knowing 
about 35 to 40% of everything sold on Amazon all day, every day is from the resellers. <laughs> That's how they keep the shelves filled. That's us. That's the new seller strategies that we teach around here. Launching a brand on Amazon as a new seller, you have about a 95% chance of failure, which is why we don't teach it to new sellers. But I am talking to one of our high-end private label success stories. I talked to him next. We have a call every week and he's doing about 13 to, he'll probably do between 13 and 16 million just on Amazon with his brand this year. And that's a fraction of what he's doing in retail stores. Fraction, huge brand. Came out of this community, clueless newbie, didn't know what he was doing, but we love working with students at all levels. The only reason I point out stories like that is we've got the experience as you grow, we can help you in these other strategies, but you need to learn the basics. You need to get your feet under you, learn the landscape, take little bitty risks instead of huge risks, learn how this thing works. But those are some of the things I learned at the, the conference. Nate had so many great conversations with uh, different Amazon departments and getting their names. And he really is a, he's a social butterfly. So he made a lot of good connections that are going to serve our community well. And like I said, next year, I think more of us should try to take a shot at going out to Seattle. And it's quite an experience. I mean, I, I would estimate Amazon put about 5 million bucks into pulling off this event. Uh, just, you know, everything from lighting and snacks and rolling out the red carpet, making sellers feel loved at all kinds of sellers, the breakout sessions they had probably, I'm estimating 300 people from their team there on site in the, in the convention center with us uh, as we, as we had a, a, a cool two day event. I think it should be three days personally. That's what our conference is. It's three days. That's that. If a listing has a pretty even FBA, FBM buy box split, is it always wise to dual list both FBA and FBM? Uh, the premise behind the question, I'm not sure I'd agree with. Just because there's a lot of other FBA and FBM sellers kind of split evenly, does that mean I should do the same? No. There's plenty of times where it's all FBM sellers. I'm going to say, like, man, I'm going FBA on this one. It's only FBM. I'm going to have a huge advantage being the only FBA seller. Massive. So I don't look at what other sellers are doing. I look at what opportunity I have. Uh, if there's other sellers doing FBA and FBM, might I be more likely to do both? I don't know. That really, it's really more a discussion of when is it at your advantage to include Merchant Fulfill or FBM. Nine times out of 10, the best way to go is FBA. Gets it out of your house, gets it into Amazon shelf, more likely, more people are going to see it. It's going to sell faster. It's going to sell for a higher price, blah, 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 blah. Get it out of your house, get it out of your hair. That's the FBA advantage. Otherwise, you're kind of playing the eBay game. I'm going to store it until it sells. That's what Merchant Fulfill is. When does it make sense to Merchant Fulfill? Well, this is one of the conversations we had in our fourth quarter training. But to summarize, there's a whole bunch of stuff that you're going to be able to ship faster than Amazon can if it starts flying off the shelf. You hear stories in the fourth quarter, people going to the store, getting the hot stuff, listing it on Amazon before they take their cart to the register at the front of the store. It's sold to a customer. As soon as they get it home, they got to ship it because stuff is flying. If you took time to box it up and send it into Amazon, that Amazon had to check it in and unpack it and put it up for sale, that's two weeks or three weeks or more. Why not just sell it right now? So that's when I get excited about Merchant Fulfill is it's a nice, it's a nice way to move stuff faster if it's a truly hot ASIN. But there's a lot of nuance to FBA versus FBM. In general, if you're new, you want to get good at FBA. That's the whole advantage of getting this business out of your hair, building a system, not touching your inventory, letting someone else manage it. You don't have to go find stuff when it's time to ship it. You want to learn the FBA system. Hey there, quick question. Twain with making a, a how-to card, arts and crafts type out. Is there anyone in the community who has had success with something like this? Oh, making a how-to card and including it with a, with a bundle or with a product? Absolutely. You know what you of course you would love is our proven, excuse me, proven branded bundles. Proven branded bundles. Because without arts and crafts how-to thing, I would suggest you put some branded items in there that people are going to recognize, maybe some popular items people might actually keyword search on. That's going to give your bundle some a boost. And then you can distinguish it by including some value-add items, such as an instruction book or those other kinds of things, you want to make sure that you're adding significant value to the bundle and not just some kind of, you know, sticky note with your logo on it. Amazon's not going to like that very long and that, that bundle will get shut down. But if it's truly a valuable ad product added to a bundle with some other 
name brand recognized items, those kind of bundles are seeing some tremendous success in our community from a lot of our students right now. And you'd be wise to go through that training. It will be included at some point inside the proven Amazon course sometime in the next, say, eight months or so, approximately. Typically, we launch courses, sell them by themselves separately. Huge discount for proven Amazon course students. And then eventually, it's rolled for free into the proven Amazon course. It's kind of the the Netflix movie model where you can go to the movie when it first hits theaters, you're going to pay a little bit, or you can wait till it's free inside your monthly subscription service. That's how I run the proven Amazon course. But proven branded bundles, if you're ready to start creating bundles, it's worth every penny jump into it. The class is in process. It's about halfway done right now, I think. But you can easily get caught up. I think you'd love that. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.